Hi, Shane. Welcome to Dad Pods, the uh, the weekly Les Mis discussion forum. Yes, every week. <laughs> every week we talk about another lyric from the, the musical Les Miserables. You know, I've never seen Les Mis. Ever. Really? Yeah. Really? I was just talking about that today because um, I have a friend of mine who's obsessed with Hamilton. Mm. And, uh, you know, so we're always like quoting Hamilton back and forth to one another and, you know, doing yeah. Hamilton things. And I mentioned today and, and something came up that, you know, I, I, I liked Les Mis as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, she was like, oh, I was obsessed with Les Mis until Hamilton came out. Hmm. And so then I pointed out that my alarm clock is one of the songs from Les Mis. Mm. I wake up. I, I'm sure I'd like it. I just happened to have not seen it. It's One a lot more things. melodramatic, a lot more sort of Frenchy revolution. And, right. Yeah. I've heard some of the songs. So Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, obviously, uh, if you've listened to this episode, uh, this podcast before, you know that we're not a weekly latest uh, recap. But maybe that should be the thing that happens like after the summer. Oh, yeah. We, we like to recap things. That is, yes, that's we our like thing. to recap things. So maybe we'll talk about Les Mis. We'll do like a, a, a three-part where we do the musical and then the book as well. Sure. We'll force you to read. Why, why and, not? And you'll, you'll probably won't read the book, but you'll just like read all the like Cliff's notes. Yeah. Or, or you're not going to listen. That's yeah. also a strong and, and And kids out there, it's Cliff's notes, not Cliff notes. Hmm. Do they do that still? I would assume so. Mm-hmm. I just remember, I remember the, uh, the awesome section at like the Barnes and Noble when you were eight years old or not eight years old, but like 14 years old and you didn't do the homework. Yeah. And you just had to, you, you spun that thing around to try to find, you know, pride the and cliff notes. The cliff yeah. Notes. I will say having looked at it, like if, even if you've read the book, it's still kind of good because they do like an analysis right. section too. And that's yeah. actually a bit more than you would get than just on your own. Like if you have to write a paper, you're like, oh yeah, yeah that's what that meant. You know. and, the, and, the, and the real cheat code, if you, if you are one of those students that does the work, but also like wants to do awesomely well on, a, on, a, on one of those papers and stuff like that, when you're doing one of those books, um, you can generally buy, for all the like literary classics, you can generally buy the, the annotated version of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like there are some books that are just so impenetrable that I think you should use the annotated version just to read it. Yeah. But like something like Gravity's Rainbow or 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 Lolita, which is right. really hard, which is a really hard book to read. Uh, you should get the annotated version. But for kids out there, for for all you like high schoolers, the eight of you that listen, <laughs> yeah, you should sure. uh, you should get like if you if you're reading like um, what do they read in high school now? I don't even know. Like the Scarlet Letter, get mm. the annotated version. Oh yeah, Scarlet Letter definitely. I think they still read the Scarlet Letter. Yeah, know. Wuthering Heights. Wuthering Heights, yes, annotated version. Jane Eyre, get the annotated version. Yeah. Much better. Uh, great expectations, annotated. War and peace, annotated. Yes, but anyway, we're not talking about that. We're so. not talking about any of that. We don't. We don't read on this podcast, generally no. speaking. We do watch TV. <laughs> we do watch a lot of TV because um, we're still in a pandemic. Though we're by the time you listen to this, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Because it's starting to look really good here. This is like the first or second week of March. Our percentages are way down. The numbers are way down. The hospitalizations are way down. It's looking like the world might return to some sort of level of normal in the near future. Uh, there are plans now for my kids to go back to school, which seems amazing to me. I didn't my think it was going to happen. My, uh, my kid here in California is supposed to go back on the 22nd of March. That's soon. Yeah, it is. I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it might be like the school might be only at like, you know, 40 or 60% capacity, sure. but that's still awesome. That that is mean, awesome. If you've got a kids out there, they haven't had interaction with anybody their own age, which is hard. Because even cool. if you have like siblings, unless you have twins, yeah, they're not getting any sort of like, you know, your girls have each other certainly, but they don't yeah. have like, you know, their group of friends. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's something they're really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. So glad it's happening. But anyhow, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the television series WandaVision. Why? Well, it is just concluded. It is just concluded, and 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 it was totally awesome. Yeah, uh, we're gonna spoil. I'll spoil that. Like, you're, this we're is gonna, not a review. No, this is not a review. We're gonna spoil the whole thing. So if you haven't watched it and you want to, stop right now. Yeah, we're here to talk about it and to convince you to watch it. <laughs> yeah, and if you haven't watched it, I mean, I am one of those people that thinks that like 
even if you if something is great, if you can have it spoiled for you and it's not a problem, yeah. you can still watch it and love it. Um, the the whole there's no like there's only like one sort of like ooh reveal and it's like it's not that important to the yeah. plot of the story. Yeah, this this is a show you should just experience it. If it was spoiled, that's totally fine. It's still yes. perfectly enjoyable. Yes, because you're as proof of that. Like I plan on rewatching it. If yeah, um, it's like if 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 spoilers were a problem, you would never read read a book. You would never rewatch a television show. You'd never rewatch a movie. Yeah, but the really good ones, you can do that all over the time. Like, I mean, I can't tell you how many time of times I've watched The Big Lebowski. Right. You know, yeah, and I I know that you know he's gonna lose his rug. <laughs> exactly. I, it's not. It's not. I didn't get it spoiled. I've seen Empire Strikes Back many a time. Yes. And, uh, hey, hey, did you know that Darth Vader is Luke's father? Oh my gosh. Anyhow, <laughs> so okay, let's let's talk about WandaVision. So, um, because we're nerdy and because we're detailed, and it, this is going to be a podcast that's far longer than the the probably the show yes. itself. We're probably going to spend more times time actually talking about it than, than the actual minutes of the show. Right. Um, but so let's talk about like how it, how it sort of came to be. Right. Yeah. Um, so the MCU been around for, you know, what, 13, 15 years, something like that. Since the yeah, first I think, Iron I think that's movie. right. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere around 2008 seems so long ago now, but yet so, so recent. But uh, so Wanda Maximoff, she is um, Wanda from the from the from the MCU. Um, she's a one-time terrorist and uh, now Avenger. Uh, she suffered many tragedies in in her life just on screen during the MCU. Mm-hmm. Right. We hear when she's introduced that her parents were killed by a bomb that was made by the Stark Corporation, uh, Iron Man. Her twin brother is killed by killer robots in the first movie that she's in, right? Yep. Same movie that um, we find out that her same, parents are killed. Same movie that we find out her parents were killed, right? Um, and then later in like the third movie that she's in, uh, her android lover, we'll get to that later, is uh, killed in front of her twice mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in a matter of like four minutes. Yeah. Um, and then to cap it off, uh, right after her android lover is killed in front of her for the second time, she is snapped out of existence by uh, the famous Thanos snap at the end of Infinity War. Uh, and then is brought back to, back, in, back to life just in time to engage in a huge battle where she has to try to, you know, fight Thanos. And nearly would have whooped his butt if he yeah. didn't have like a, you know, armada a space armada behind it he right? uses his space armada on his own army to escape death here so she would have just from her just from her yeah she she, she was, was the only she was really the only like avenger superhero person that he feared yeah. in any way the only one that was even closer was was like maybe captain marvel because he was really strong right but, but captain marvel could get defeated by uh the one of the gems yeah yeah but like he couldn't do bleep with uh with Wanda. She's yeah. really powerful. Right. So yeah, that, that's our context here. We didn't see her. She doesn't start off that powerful. She gets more and more powerful as the, the right. movies continue. Right. So she is, so she gets her, so originally we learned that she gets her power in the MCU from the, one of the Infinity Stones, right? Yeah. Um, so it turns out it's the Mind Stone uh, that they were doing. Hydra was doing experiments on people. Uh, she and her brother were two of these people. And boom, they have superpowers. She's right. uh, to quote uh, Age of Ultron, which I rewatched over the weekend. Um, uh, he's fast; she's weird. Yes. <laughs> so um, at this point, I think it's also also important to kind of think about where how she started in in the comic books, um, because it, it kind of there's an interesting sort of um, uh, factoid about the way the MCU introduces new characters and how they sort of, they utilize the comics as sort of a, almost like a, a, a basis for how a comic book character then translates into the show. I'll get to that in a second. But yeah. um, 
so there's a hot, there's a long history of a relationship between Wanda and Vision. That's how you get the the tele, the, tame, the name of the show is Wanda Vision. Mm. Yeah. Um, so uh, so Wanda is originally an X an X Men villain. She is the daughter of Magneto. I think she's originally one of the the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah. And which is a weird name to name yourself as a group. Just as an aside. A little like on if, the nose. Yeah, a little on the nose. Like like bad groups, groups that we think of as evil, like ISIS doesn't call themselves the evil ISIS. Yeah. Right? You know, Al-Qaeda didn't call themselves, you know, the really bad Al-Qaeda. The GOP. They don't call themselves. Don't, they don't call the, themselves the evil GOP. They just like call themselves evil the politicians. GOP. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird be... that, you know, that's weird. Um, so just recognize comic books are great just in so insofar as they do that for kids like the evil guys will call themselves evil yeah yeah that's that is something that's like the mcu has updated like you know thanos has a has a has a ethos right like he has a plan that doesn't it's not just you know twirl his mustache and say i'm bad yeah and uh I think that's this is going to be a, a much a really deep topic we'll have to get into when we get to the end of the show. So maybe some eight episodes from now. Yeah, sometime in twenty twenty. But like, yeah, yeah what <laughs> part part of the one thing that happens uh, a reoccurring theme in the MCU is like no one believes themselves to be the villain, right? Right, and like what what we consider a hero or a villain, even as viewers, like those what goes into that choice is interesting especially in the context of this show yeah and it is interesting too like um so you know know, we started off by talking about all of wanda's trauma and the show i mean spoiler alert is really about grief and Mm -hmm. her grief and and dealing with grief and we see sometimes like you know we see trauma in a in a comic book movie and typically it is there's 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 only been two ways traditionally to sort of react to that trauma it's either you become a superhero mm-hmm. or you become a supervillain, right. right there's no in between there's no dealing with your grief there's no dealing with um going through the stages right mm-hmm. like you know the seven stages of grief how you can read about that in a psych class or something like that yeah where you have you know your acceptance and your anger and your bargaining and your you know you finally get to um acceptance or turning um, into Batman is that one of the stages? Yes, turning into Batman is actually it's 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 like it's like five A I think mm. is the stage. Oh, good to um, know. But uh, but yeah, so this is the first time that a comic book has really tried to explore that side of it. It's not just you know Spider Man seeing Uncle Uncle o, or what is his name Uncle Ben Uncle dying ben. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Ben Uncle Owen that's uh, Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> And seeing him die and then realizing, oh, I have to be a superhero now. Right. Right. It's, uh, this is different than that. So anyway, so Vision, he is basically, he's basically Spock. Let's be, let's be honest. Spock. From yeah. Trek, and I, I hadn't wise. thought of that until watching this show. Cause I, mm-hmm. you know, Vision was never one of my more favorite characters. No, he, I will say both of us grew, grew up watching, reading comics and some of them, but yeah. You know, back back a, a million years ago when we were younger, you couldn't what you couldn't read every comic because you didn't. Nobody had that kind of money. You couldn't right. buy all that stuff. Yeah, and and in the comics, there was a Vision, a, a Scarlet Witch in, in Vision comic, which was basically about them and their domestic life. Right, and interestingly enough, that that was, um, and this shows you know the the sort of the inherent sexism around it, but it was Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Yes. That comic. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas this show is WandaVision, and mm-hmm. it's clearly so. This is clearly about Wanda. Vision oh, is yeah. a supporting character. He is clearly a supporting character. Uh, WandaVision, both of their names, but it almost could be like television, but WandaVision. Right. Right. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, so uh, in the comics, Wanda has always been this this very damaged character that's always been on the verge of collapse. Right. Um, both psychologically and given her powers, she's a you know super powered individual. And, you know, originally, she's thought of as a mutant. It changes a little bit later, but um, she can lead to global destruction or global change. At yeah, least. 
her, her magic in the comics is uh, she has reality changing <laughs> magic. Yeah. And it's not just reality changing, but it's like probability around reality. It's really right. complicated the way I explain it. And we're nerdy enough that I'm just going to say it's weird. It's, it's basically a writer's tool to let them. So anytime do they need to do something really bizarre. Yeah. They can just be like, okay, bring in Wanda. And then she changes reality. Yeah, all of reality. Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of laziness, but it's, you know. it's very lazy, but it's also, it's interesting. Right. And I don't think, but it's interesting in ways that it wasn't, that they didn't intend. Right. You know, so, um, um, so, you know, it's not, it's not unique to her that she has this sort of dark side, like for an Avenger, like Hulk is obviously somebody that can, you know, destroy cities just mm -hmm. when he gets mad um you know iron man in the comics is an alcoholic and they kind of hinted at that in iron man 2 i believe or yeah two? One of the yeah two. he has he goes to that part he, he has that party and he's blowing stuff yeah. up yeah and he spends he ends up at a donut shop yeah it's it's he's he's got his dark side they didn't explicitly do that in the mcu but i think it was hinted at right um Black Widow's always on the verge of switching sides, depending, because she's a spy. That's right. just who she is. Um, and Vision has always been this sort of calm, logical, perfect personality to set next to her, mm -hmm. to just sort of center her um, and keep her good. Right. Yeah. Um, and most notably, sort of, when things go bad for for Wanda, it's happened a, a few times in the comics, um, but most notably is probably the House of M storyline, yeah, uh, in the comics where she changes reality to make mutants who she thought she was one of. Mutants are the dominant sort of uh, humanoid on the planet. Every mutant has its like ideal, like all their wishes have come true in their mm -hmm. own reality. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Instead of being in the minority now mutants are are the majority and treating there's like it's this mutant utopia yeah is the house of them yeah it, and it's then, a weird and, alternate reality thing right and she created this reality because she lost the vision and she lost her family right around that and uh so she creates this alternate one um didn't last no spoiler alert. another spoiler uh and uh it turned out worse for everybody mm -hmm. Much, much because, worse. Much, much worse. But uh, we, this is not a House of M recap. This is a WandaVision recap. Yeah, and I think a lot of people going into the series thought this was potentially going to be House of M. A lot of people wanted yeah. that because... It's very similar. It's got yeah. some similarities. The, the reality bending. The other comic series that going into this people thought might come into play was the, the limited series by, I think it's Tom King, uh, the Vision limited series. Is it Tim King? Tim King, that's, yeah. Uncle Owen, Uncle Ben, yeah, Tom King, yeah. Tim King. Guys, uh, it, we're like forty something. Years yeah, old and we're both drinking. This is, and it's been a long pandemic. It has been, but it, but anyhow, the the Vision Limited series is Vision living in the suburbs. There's elements right. of the suburban life here. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely looking at the point of view of like a robot and a robot family. Yeah. This Very is different. Not about that. This is not about that at all. This is no. other than the suburban lifestyle. There's nothing. And the fact that he is a robot, but this is not you know right any of that. So this is that thing I was leading to, uh, kind of hinting at a minute ago. So MCU is, a really, is really good at bringing in sort of quote-unquote facts that you have from the comics. Like if you think about how many times in a Spider-Man movie we've had to see Uncle Ben get killed. Yeah. Right? It's like they, they do it in, the in, your, in your origin story. They do it as flashbacks it's the same thing with batman like how many times do we have to see batman's parents die apparently eight thousand. yeah all the freaking time yeah all the freaking time the mcu they didn't show uncle ben die mm -mm. they assumed it right and the same thing is kind of true with a little bit with the, the wanda and vision relationship there's very little that they show in the films that they're in and the films that they're in are Age of Ultron, Captain America Civil War, and then Infinity War. Right. And, you know, Age of Ultron, they've, they vary, they, they interact very little. 
Yeah, you see that they meet. You see that they meet. And that's I will say it. that um, having rewatched it, uh, there are some subtle things done in both the directing and the editing where the, you see Vision and he stands up. The first shot after that is Wanda mm. staring at him. Right. You know, so there is that sort of there, 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 there's hinting, right? They're they're trying to sort of make that link. Uh, in Captain America: Civil War, they're, they're clearly domestic and they're they're friends. Mm -hmm. uh, and then and then in Infinity War, there there's a full on relationship. Right. But all that relationship was put on the back burner and wasn't shown on screen. Yeah. But they use the history in the comics to sort of create that that knowledge base where if you are a fan you just understand it and you're like okay yeah and if you're not a fan you're just like you might be a little bit like well that's weird but what? i'm not really a fan of comics so ooh, there's an explosion you know yeah. what i mean yeah so if you if you weren't a fan you're like when did they get together <laughs> Which yeah be. you might have thought oh maybe i just missed one of these movies there was like one that comes out every three months sure but yeah that, now's a chance when in this show we get to deep dive into it mm -hmm. yeah because they actually show some of that backstory, which is um, great. But they do it all the time. But but the MCU is really good at it. Like the, like any of the actual personal relationships with the, with with a, with a very few, they kind of do that. Like Tony and Pepper, there's not a lot of like reasons why they should be together. Spider Man and MJ, there's not really a lot. They they base they they use that knowledge base that people have already from right. either reading comics um, or watching one of these billion comic book movies is to say you know what this person and this person are in a relationship we don't have to show how they got there right yeah you can make make the connect the dots yourself and you just yeah. can see the the we're just going to put them into a relationship mm -hmm. we're not going to show you you know the first date we're not going to show you him bringing candies or you know flowers or anything like that right um so it doesn't necessarily in the mcus thus far have done the relationship justice but at the same time there hasn't really been the mcu is not known for its you know romantic relationships right and what's interesting is i doubt before this series that anyone would have been clamoring to say like i really need to see what's <laughs> what puts wanda and the vision together like i right. i demand this no one was asking for this i'm really glad they gave it to us oh yeah it's great it's amazing but like this was definitely one of those kind of marvel flexes where they're like you're gonna watch this show and we're going to make it really good and you're yeah. going to be into it and yeah. guess what the you know mission accomplished mission uh, accomplished yeah so um shall we get started let's with let's talk one? about episode one yeah. okay so um one of the cool things they did with this is that uh when you first watched it i don't think the the name of the episode was available yeah it was just episode one um it is now it's called filmed before a studio live studio audience mm-hmm but when they first released it, it was just episode one. And they they said there was going to be nine episodes. And then they all got names later. They didn't like. Right. Yeah. You episodes. only found out at the time, which yeah. is different than other shows. Yeah. So um, another kind of cool sort of factoid about it. But um, so uh, the show begins in black and white. Uh, and it's very much got the conceit of a 1950s, early 1960s uh, television sitcom. Something like I Love Lucy or the Dick Van Dyke Show or The Honeymooners even. Uh, the Honeymooners not so much because that was very urban, but like the other two sort of suburban household, you know, perfect um, husband and wife sort of relationship. It's Wanda and Vision. Yep. Uh, Vision doesn't always look like a robot in front of other people. He's got a way to make himself look human. And oddly, he looks just like Paul Bettany, the yes. actor. So what um, was really cool about this opening is it starts with the typical Marvel uh, little banner thing mm -hmm. and then it fades into black and white and the sound even changes from like the well-mastered sound to the, the tinny 1950s. The yeah. It's really clever and it just makes me wonder like if they never had to have advertisements for this, that would have been the best. Like imagine just watching that and like being like, what the hell is going on? And then all of a sudden the episode starts, it's all in black and white and it's a 1950s homage mm -hmm. yeah so um from a plot standpoint i mean not a lot matters in this episode because it's almost like a uh it's very much a traditional sitcom plot 
right? Yeah. So they they notice a heart on their calendar, the two of them, on their you know calendar that's in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. As everybody puts at least one calendar in their kitchen, right? And you write important dates on that calendar, whether it be somebody's birthday or somebody needs to go to soccer practice on this date or yada, 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 you know, you've got that thing and neither of them can remember, you know, and thinking back to our childhood when the classic age of sitcoms, whether it be you, whether you were watching something from the 1960s because it started being available in the 1970s and 80s, or you were watching something current, there was, this was, this was a classic way of introducing a plot point, right? Right. Like somebody doesn't remember something, somebody doesn't know somebody else, but is afraid to Mm-hmm. ask them like some information. So there's always something, the main character is always missing some piece of information and they're always confused by it. Yeah, yeah. And, and then really hilarity good. ensues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I rewatched so, some of this and reread a, a plot summary and uh, I enjoyed it more <laughs> going back than, uh, mm-hmm. I, I liked it the first time through. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's like the old Dick Van Dyke show. Mm-hmm. But like going back and seeing the construction of it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what they're doing there. That's even better, I think. Yeah. I always think, I, you know, you and I are not so old that we they were, that we remember directly a lot of the shows from the '50s and '60s. We probably saw them in syndication, or you know, probably not all of them. I'm sure yeah. I didn't see all of them, but like the shows that I remember that were that were you know classic is like Three's Company, mm-hmm. that show where and and they don't really cover a like a, a Three's Company style show, but it's similar. But it's just, there was always this like, and I mentioned this before, but just like this piece of information that one character is missing. Yeah. And then, but somebody else has that information, but they don't share that information. And it's like just the unsaid words creates the comedy. Right. And this is actually a really funny episode. Yeah. I laughed out loud a few times. Yeah. So So anyway, so their calendar, so they see this heart on the date. Mm-hmm. And neither of them can remember what it is. And it's weird that both of them can't remember, particularly since one of them is a, you know, um, almost omniscient robot that <laughs> right. can't forget things. Yeah, Data wouldn't forget. And Vision's basically, I guess Vision's not a ripoff of Data because Vision came before Data. Right. So now that makes me think, wow, Next Generation totally ripped off Vision. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, Vision doesn't forget normally, but in this case he does, which is odd. Yeah, yeah. So vision, so 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 Wanda's a stay-at-home wife mm-hmm. in this thing because clearly she can't work because she's a woman in the 1950s. Uh, vision is it's funny. Vision goes to his job at a place that's it's like Computation International or something like that is the name of the show, yeah. the name of the company, and all he can figure out that they do is just add things. Yes, <laughs> and he, he doesn't together. know it. And uh, one of the other cool things was like in retrospect like at the time i was like huh the 1950s they have a lot of minorities here which wouldn't have been the case for any of the shows back then now this is all explained later on but again so cool because like when you're watching it that is something that stands out yeah like his 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 desk not desk mate but the guy guy right next door is like an indian person or something right right which wouldn't have happened ever on the dick van dyke show right um so anyway so so she starts the thinking that it's their anniversary. Right. You know, so she starts planning this very, very elaborate sort of romantic meeting and she gets help from her neighbor, her kind of nosy neighbor who's established as like the classic uh, nosy neighbor from the television show. Think right. Ethel from the I Love Lucy. Yeah. Right. She's always coming and knocking on Lucy's door and they have some, like every episode has them, them two getting into some hijinks. Right, and that's the way they establish it. And this is uh, she's played expertly by Catherine Hahn, who I'm sure we will talk uh, loads about. Oh, um, we have to. Yeah, yeah, it's her nosy neighbor Agnes, who's talking about her off-screen husband Ralph. Ralph. Yes, yeah. that's a that's that's good. It's gonna matter more later, but let's not uh, let's not spoil that so much right-ish now. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, so, and we should also point out that um, Elizabeth Olsen, who, I don't know about you, she plays Wanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had only ever seen her as Wanda. That's the only sort of role I've seen her as. Have you seen her or anything else? Well, I have seen the 
non-cinematic master it is a cinematic movie the non-masterpiece godzilla okay which, which has that? yeah has brian cranston and uh, elizabeth olsen okay i have not seen that Should yeah I? that's not a good movie okay none of those godzilla no new godzilla movies are, are good other than the okay. ones made in japan but like gotcha. uh, yeah that one not very good well neither you know, neither is the sequel is much worse okay. <laughs> so that's just let you know so anyway so i had only ever seen her as 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 wanda so mm-hmm. this was this was unique she loses the the eastern european accent mm-hmm. for this episode it sort of comes and goes as 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 time goes on during the show but um this is this is her playing a classic american suburban housewife uh from the 1950s she's got 1950s hair yeah everything is like perfectly aligned in this and she is without getting too hyperbolic absolutely amazing in this entire series but oh the the whole yeah once once we get to the final one we'll get to talk about her performance which Mm -hmm. was just like absolutely breakout uh well i don't know if it's breakout because she's already a star but like (laughs) even more star affirming i guess well i mean she's she's the younger sister of the olsen twins who were in famously in the show um full house right who basically got really rich just by saying got it dude Mm -hmm. yeah my my kids are still a fan of that show they actually rewatched the whole if you believe it the whole run I have never seen an entire episode of Full House. There's a lot of episodes. And now there's new episodes of the Fuller House. Not only have, not only will I say that I have never watched an episode of Full House, I never will watch an episode of Full House. How's that? <laughs> I think you, you've probably escaped that time. Yeah. It's, it actually holds up reasonably well. Like, oh, yeah, I see what they're doing. It's, it's cute. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, so... Wanda starts planning this like r- romantic sort of dinner right. for for Biz, right? Because she sees the heart and she assumes it's a anniversary. their anniversary, so she gets all dolled up and right. lingerie, you know, which I I think would have been a little bit sort of risque for a uh, um, 1950s show. I thought. Oh, what she ends up wearing? Yeah, it's not very risque by our standards. No. Now, but I don't but think like, they would have done that in 1950s. Yeah, maybe the 60s. Hard maybe to say. the 60s. Maybe. But yeah, so she gets dolled up. Uh, that's what her belief is. Uh, Vision, though, finds out what the heart really means. Yes, his boss is apparently, his last name is Hart. So they have invited this uh, couple over for you know dinner. This was something that used to happen Yeah. in businesses, like you would invite your boss over for dinner. Yeah. And they would sort of... You know, judge you. I'm glad I've never had to invite my boss over for dinner. Yeah, me too. Like I work like remote, <laughs> even before the pandemic, I work remote, yeah. so this wouldn't happen. But like, that's not something even that if happens. We're in the same town. Either. I don't yeah. want to invite my boss over for dinner. No, this, this I like is... my boss. We'll you know, go out. But I we, can, we can go out to dinner. Want to invite them over for. Don't come to my house. No. Yeah. No, it's like yeah. where you have to have your wife create like a like a meal and. Ah, you know. that's the worst. Yeah. Uh, these are things that I am very happy that have, there's many things that have happened since the 1950s that I'm glad have changed. This is, yeah, this is one of them. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, uh, he brings them over the, 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 uh, the, the, his boss and his, his wife, and she sneaks up on, I think his boss. Yes. And like does the whole peekaboo and she's in lingerie and I can't remember what she says. What does she say? Oh gosh, I, I totally forget. Like, yeah, but she, she she quickly pivots and says, "Oh, this is just a classic Sokovian greeting." Right. So now we get to use the fact that she's <laughs> a little reference fact that uh, she's from the fictional European the Eastern first, European. It's the first. It's the first like real link to her previous life. Right. Yeah. She does use her powers. And during during the whole episode, the first couple of episodes, but certainly during this episode, they're trying to hide their powers as much as possible. Right. It's very bewitched, right? She's yes. She has this dinner to make, so now this dinner has not been so, yeah, made. Yes. So she, the dinner has not been made. She was just going to sex him up, right? Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. But now she has got to actually, you know, make dinner. So, um, and this is a good aside. So, the filmmakers. Uh, I think it was the same director for all the episodes. Was, yeah. Uh, Matt Shankman. Yeah. 
um and he's great mm-hmm. at this uh but he for each era and they go through different eras of, of, of classic television but for this era he used the kind of technology and sort of um uh special effects that they would have used during that time so there's lots of like wire technology like yeah which is like, basically like a just chicken like, ha- hung like, by a wire like, flying yeah around. like fishing line just hanging things to the ceiling mm-hmm. um and people sort of somebody standing up above the 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 thing just probably shaking it to make it look like it's moving and it's that was what magic was so great because it when i was watching it it looked like the old 1950s bewitch yes. style special effects i didn't realize that they had done it the same way i thought they must have used cg mm-hmm. to do that uh when you think about it, like, wait, it's even cheaper to actually put a chicken on a wire exactly. than, than to have someone animate it. fishing line or something, which is yeah, why not? Which nearly is... imperceptible when you're actually any kind of camera. Even or, like or, yeah, or most the... high-def cameras, exactly. you can never find, like, fishing wire. Right. Or they could have erased it with CG, and that's cheaper yeah. to do that than to animate a chicken. <laughs> yeah, thing. exactly. So they just hung stuff from the ceiling as she's, as she's like, quote-unquote, cooking, and she's got, like, you know, multiple things going on, and... Agnes eventually comes over and is helping her cook to make this meal for the, for the family. Yeah. For the, for the boss's wife. This part is highly enjoyable and just a delight. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's something of like, you're not going to get to see, there's not many excuses for people to do this kind of trick now in Mm -hmm. modern TV. And it was really, this part, I really like this part. I was, I was laughing and thought it was really funny. Like typical 1950s farce. Yeah. I wonder I wonder, you know, they stopped kind of doing that, certainly, um, probably in the late 80s, maybe early 90s, where they sort of, they changed the way that sitcoms be- became a lot more um, cynical, Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And uh, this sort of goofy, you know. Yeah, everything and all the humor is based on a misunderstanding here. Right. Right. There's, right. there's knowledge that people have and others don't have. The hearts do not know that she has magic. They cannot know that. So they are trying to hide that from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the initial problem is set up because there's a heart on the calendar. They don't right. know what it is, right? right? Wanda doesn't realize that the heart's coming over and then mm-hmm. they do come over. So like everything is about a misunderstanding. There's no like malice. There's not like people like, oh, I, I want to do these things. I, I have to hold it from them. It's, it's always yeah. a misunderstanding. Everyone's well-intentioned. Yeah. I mean, our, our, our sense of humor over the over the decades just it, it's become a lot more cynical and it's become a lot more sort of meta and in its understanding of it yeah. to the point where something like a classic like like, like a classic sitcom like seinfeld mm-hmm. you know there are episodes that are based on this kinds of misunderstanding right right like think about the episode where he can't remember his this girl his girlfriend's he's dating's name, name. Yeah. yeah and she tells him just as a like thing like growing up Growing up, it was so hard because my my name rhymes with a like a female body part. Right, and he's, and he's <laughs> trying to think what what does that mean. So and like the whole episode is basically, or at least you know, a plot of the episode. Like if you think about episode, like a lot of sitcoms with a with an mm-hmm. ensemble cast, they kind of have like an A and a B plot line where you're running through it. Yep. So the A plot line is basically just him trying to come up with. Jerry Seinfeld kind of trying to come up with uh, names that rhyme with female body parts. Yeah, it, that's that's classic, right? So that's, that's like a, a misunderstanding. He's too embarrassed to just ask her, right? Right. So I mean, but that might be the last sort of that kind of. I wonder if that's kind of the last of that kind of humor because, you know, in the in the more sort of um, single camera shows that you get, like you know, The Office or mm-hmm. um, Parks and Rec or even Modern Family you don't get that kind of plot line. Yeah, the, the humor stems from other places now. It, uh, some of that is lost, like some of it is more sophisticated, but some of it is lost. I, I was thinking about it too with like older classic comedies. People talked a lot how once the Apatow comedies mm-hmm. came on, like audiences demanded more than say like Austin Powers and like these kind of goofier comedies or it came up a lot when people were talking about Coming to America, the sequel just came out. And it, the original Coming to America is a lot goofier. It's, it's, it's right. a very classic movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually think there is something lost with losing some of this, this goofiness that like, yeah, 
the Apatow style comedies are great and there's like characters and it's funny, but there is something to be said about these just pure gags that are mm-hmm. just based on just things like jokes, uh, jokes. jokes after jokes, right? Exactly. Right. You don't have to explain why somebody is in a circumstance. Exactly. You know, I think, um, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast before, but um, a show that came out just last year, Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. They don't really explain why a college football coach is suddenly coaching a Premier League soccer team. Yeah, yeah. It's just sort of like, oh, they hired him, right? You know, and so at least that setup for like the a lot of the humor that you get at least early on in the season is sort of just like, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Just yeah, don't, don't just look at that. that. Yeah, don't yeah. look at that. Yeah. Um, amazing show, and maybe one day we'll do a full on episode sure. by episode recap of that too. But yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, 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 there's a much more, you can call it sophistication, you can call it cynicism. Uh, comedy has, I mean, comedy in itself doesn't age very well. We talked yeah. about coming to America. Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy's stand-up comedy certainly hasn't aged. Oh, no, uh, yeah. Um, there there yeah. are parts of the original Coming to America, which are a bit problematic now. But Yeah, when I was a kid, my favorite movie was The Jerk, and I don't know that I can watch that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. Um... So yeah, so where were we? So um, uh, Vision does use his powers mm-hmm. uh, in 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 the, towards the end of this episode. Uh, his boss, Mister Hart, is choking right on whatever Wanda has made. I can't remember. The dinner was uh, surprisingly simple. What she what she made them? It was breakfast for dinner. It was breakfast for dinner. That's right. Because she's floating then, around like the lobster and a steak, right. and it's like having trouble. So she eventually yeah. just makes, you know, makes breakfast. Right. So it's like right. eggs and bacon and right. pancakes and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, uh, so so he uses his powers, and but it doesn't really reveal himself as something more than just vision. Right. Yeah. So, well, one of the things that was the first hint, so you've watched this whole episode, you're like 22 or 25 minutes in, uh, and Mr. Hart starts to ask, questions like mm-hmm. wait why don't you guys remember this how right. long have you been together and like yeah how long have you know? been married that kind of stuff and it's really interesting at this point in the show because you've taken you've taken this sudden turn everything is in tone of like dick van dyke show mm-hmm. kind of 1950s era tv until that moment and you're like wait what is going on here and yeah remember the audience has no idea <laughs> like i had right. no idea no that we haven't been told anything which is great. And yeah, so no, I, I think that's the best way to do it. You don't, you don't tell the audience too much. Right. And so Mr. Hart starts asking it and like, we're all asking the same. He asks the question that we're all asking. He starts joking. Vision saves him. Everyone's okay. It, it all plays out. All right. Uh, except for you've got this weird lingering feeling of like, why, what am I watching? What are Wait, we doing? Why are we like, and, and you also feel for the characters because it's not clear that the characters have any control over what they're doing right like right you know because it they are you could it's clear right now that they are sort of in sort of a tv show yeah and something something has gone awry for mm-hmm. sure at this, yeah. at this point in time yeah uh, although you know mr and mrs hart they seem okay and they, they go about their, their merry way after being saved by vision yeah because and i should have pointed this out in the plot in the in the uh in, during the plot but at some point there is a, a commercial break yes for you know, a toaster for a toaster and it's a stark industries toaster right yeah yeah so we mentioned before you know she does have a familial link to stark stark is a stark is a an avenger and mm-hmm. um but also you know her parents were killed by a stark bomb yep so, you know, so there's some stuff like that but yeah so um yeah so that's 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 one of the important easter eggs in the show mm-hmm. um and I think Easter eggs are an important piece of this show because there's lots of stuff that that people glommed onto during the every episode. And I will say, I am such a fan of releasing an episode at a time. Oh, this was fun. Yeah, time in between. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't. I would want to rewatch this episode, this this show, or the series, all the way through. But I wouldn't want to watch it the first time, mm-hmm. all the way through, like in a an totally. afternoon or a, yeah. a couple of days i would want to space it out because i want to think about each episode yeah people watching the show now um 
when you get to watch it live with the the commentary around it and like the internet people like had speculation mm -hmm. over what each thing meant that was a lot of fun i think that that added to the enjoyment it was like watching lost when it was aired and people yeah. talking about like each episode and having theories and that was definitely half the fun mm -hmm. uh, that being said you know storytelling is all the main thing but like yeah. it was fun to speculate so yeah at the end of the episode it does pan out and you realize that someone is watching the show on yeah. an old school tv with right. an old clicker yeah and they write something down in a notebook yeah the notebook is it has a symbol for an agency that we have not seen before in the MCU. Right. But as an agency that if you do know the comics, you, you, you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, that's that. Yeah. Um, it's an agency called SWORD. Uh, it's an acronym for something that I don't remember what it stands for. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like supposed to be special world orbital R&D, yeah. just like SHIELD and SWORD. It's basically SHIELD for the space for space right but it, right we we know that in the mcu it's it's weapons instead because there was another episode somewhere else where right so later on we learned that it, i think later on in this episode this this thing we learned that it's weapons oh, okay i think maybe maybe not this episode but this series right so i, I want to ask you what you thought when you saw the easter at the time when i saw the easter egg mm -hmm. uh, i thought this was like did they put wanda and vision into a simulation right because at the time, all I knew was like, all right, I knew Wanda was alive at the end of Endgame. Vision mm -hmm. should be dead. And now I'm watching right. the show and, and Vision's alive. So like, did they somehow try to find them and shove mm -hmm. them in there? Like what's- what Yeah, I thought it was completely some other, some other dark force was, was manipulating things. Yeah. I will tell you that the first time through, I didn't notice that the notebook was a sword notebook. I had to look that up. Yeah, I found yeah. that out from the I didn't that. notice, and I didn't notice until much later Yeah, um, that it was S.W.O.R.D. Um, I thought, you know, there's a whole litany of, you know, my knowledge of of, of comics starts coming in. Mm -hmm. There's a whole litany of characters, evil characters that could sort of set up a little mini um, alternate reality, right? So there's, there's a character called Arcade. Mm-hmm. Who could have done something like this? There's a you know bigger bigger bads. You could go Mephisto, and we'll probably talk about him more as we get on with the show. Even though spoiler alert, he never shows up. All right, let's just let's just get that out of the way. Like, all right, so during the whole run of the show, everyone's like Mephisto, like every Mephisto, single time. There's all kinds of links to him. Like, there's all kinds of Easter eggs, and some of them are really big reaches. Yeah, right. Um, one of the main sort of themes of the show is there's lots of hexagons. Mm -hmm. Um, and apparently hexagons, because they're six-sided, you can go six, 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 and Mephisto is basically the, the devil or a yeah. demon. And so you can say, oh, see? It's Mephisto. <laughs> yeah, it's I Mephisto. I have a question. Why did the internet want Mephisto so badly? I think because a lot of people think that Mephisto is going to be the next big bad in the MCU. So the, like, the way that Thanos was mm -hmm. for basically a decade where right. he was kind of like the lingering bad guy. Like he was always, um, you know, out there and ultimately became the guy that they had to defeat in, in Endgame. So um, people, I think they're looking for that next big bad. So they really they, wanted to, to fight the devil. It's like, all right, that was enough. You fought this guy. I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Mephisto never shows up. He's kind of a minor character. That's world. what I think. I think he kind of looks like Count Chocula. He's a little bit boring. He's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. I've, I've got you now. Like he's basically up to, he does the dumbest things. He does the pettiest crap. Mm -hmm. It's like, I am going to make sure that Peter Parker is not married anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I personally don't find him a very compelling villain. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes up and he's somehow much cooler than he was in the comics. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Thanos was basically a rip rip off of uh, the DC character Darkseid, but the Darkseid in cool. the comics. Yeah, you know, and purple, and yeah. looks like he's got a ball sack on his chin. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but uh, I, I guess the the movies do a good like Dormammu was a bad guy in the first Doctor Strange, and yeah, they they just sort of made him like small and like okay, Dormammu's bad guy. That's it. That's all yeah. you need to know. And uh, I could see a Doctor Strange movie doing that. Like, ha ha, it's my feast. <laughs> I hope they make him just as petty <laughs> as yeah. the comics and comical in that way. Yeah. 
but also, you know, one of the things that happened, you know, we've talked a little bit about, um, well, we haven't talked actually in this podcast about, um, mm -hmm. you know, Disney with Marvel now acquiring all the X-Men and all the, basically all the, what were the Fox uh, uh, properties. So it's like yeah. the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. And say what you want about the Fantastic Four, really lame, generally speaking, <laughs> as a hero group. They kind of are. Um, yeah. And terrible movies that they put out. They have a classic, classic villain. A couple of them, actually. Yeah. That would make sense as a next big bad in the MCU. And that's right. like Doctor Doom. Yep. And or what's the guy that eats planets? Oh, Galactus. Galactus, yeah. Yeah. So either of those would be like much more reasonable sort of Avengers level threat levels right? than Mephisto. Yeah. Dr. Doom was actually pretty darn cool because he's like yeah. a human, not, not a alien like Thanos is, but a human that's like just driven by so much ambition well, and it's intelligence that he can yeah. get godlike power. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing, what cool thing about him too is like, so my, my kid was asked, so I mean, you know, I've talked a lot with my 11 year old about all, all this one division stuff. Mm -hmm. And my kid is asking me the other day, it's like, so what are Dr. Doom's powers? And I was thinking about it. I was like, he's basically a combo, a combo of Iron Man and Dr. Strange, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he's got all the technology and science stuff, but he's got all this magic stuff too. Right. He, well, he gets the magic, like he reads books, right? So he's yeah. like a smart guy that likes, that happened to get access to the magic books. And that's uh -huh. why he can do his things. Yeah. And he's got diplomatic immunity. So he can also be the bad guy from Lethal Weapon 2. Yes. <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. Yeah, he happens to own a country. Yes, he's the dictator of a small, they're going to have to fictionally like create another small European country. Yeah. They've already done Sokovia. Yeah, um, Latveria. That'll be nice. Maybe they just do Sokovia. It would make it simpler if he's just the dictator of Sokovia, right? That'd be kind of cool. And actually, that's an interesting retcon yeah. that they could do. I, I hope they do that, actually. That yeah, because that world... would be simpler. I mean, another small, like, made-up European country. Europe's not that big. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, our impression of the episode. Yeah. Um, so, it's clearly an homage to all these classic sitcoms, right? Yeah. And they do it um, really well. They, they, they do hit it really the heart well. of what makes the episodes work. I, what I really like is they didn't just go for the look, which would have been the easy thing. Right. Like, they really went for the word look, like as we talked about with the special effects, but they also went for like the, the comedic intent. They figured right. out what makes those work. Well, and I think also what's really interesting is so clearly there's some sort of facade creation, mm -hmm. even on behalf of Wanda and Vision because they're hiding their powers. They're really, mm -hmm. they're trying to sort of fit into the community. Even amongst the two of them when they're close, they're not, um, they're not falling back into their previous character. Yeah. They're like, she's still speaking with a, you know, suburban housewife accent. She's not, mm -hmm. she's not going into the deep, you know, uh, I can't do this. I can't do her accent. From, yeah. Her fake you know, Eastern European. Her accent. fake Europe Eastern European accent. Yeah. You know, they're hiding all that, but they're also hiding it from each other, which is yeah. kind of weird. And there's interesting inconsistencies. So the, the opening has them newlyweds. They drive in with the cans behind the car. Mm -hmm. He carries her through the door. He actually doesn't carry her through the door. He phases through the door and drops right. her by accident. Uh -huh. uh, and then really interestingly, they don't have their wedding rings. They're like, wait, why don't we have that? Why can't we remember this is mm -hmm. our anniversary? Right. It shouldn't be their anniversary because the, the opening credits show them allegedly coming in married and yet this is a different date mm -hmm. <laughs> on the calendar and then she has to magically make their rings which ends up being right. the end tag for all the shows so like there's there's stuff that clearly doesn't work and if mm -hmm. this is one of those fun meta things of like people who've watched the mcu know that they're not married right because they didn't have a chance they got right he got taken away from her so there's lots of fun things that you get at this stage of the game where you're like things don't quite add up you know that they don't add up, but yet you're presented with this, this show. Right. So one of the other, the final, in the final credits, you see a reference to a producer. They have a lot of names in the credits. 
uh, a Babs Digby. Mm -hmm. And this is another thing that set off more speculation. So Bab, Bab, Dig, uh, Bab, <laughs> Babs Digby. <laughs> uh, if you look it up, you'll see a reference to a, a show called The Life of Riley, uh, which has a character named Babs, another one named Digby. And uh, the only significant thing from the life of Riley was it popularizing the catchphrase, what a revolt in development this is. Mm -hmm. And Marvel fans will know that as something that the thing would uh, say, the thing from, right, the, thing the, from the Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. And we're coming all the way back around. I'm like, oh, right. at this point in time, people are like, oh, are we going to see the Fantastic Four in the show? I'm going to mm -hmm. spoil it. And you're not going to see it. Like, like don't worry yeah. about it. It's, it's just fun. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's just fun. And you know, so many, so many people, and we, we should talk about this now. So, so many people got upset with the, so you talked, we, we talked about this as we were going along, mm -hmm. that there were a lot of people that dropped this show after the first episode, because it was like, I don't get it. Yes, totally. Right? And then there's a lot of people that after the full nine episodes come up and all the little Easter eggs that didn't come to fruition. Yeah. They don't come to fruition. And then they're like, oh, that was terrible. Right, because all I wanted was the Fantastic Four. I just Four wanted the Fantastic Four to ride in on a surfboard <laughs> with Doctor Strange. And yeah. there was going to be Spider-Man swinging around. And, and Mephisto, Mephisto was going to be, you know, all <laughs> naked in front of everybody. It's and like, it turns what? out everyone was Mephisto. Mephisto, like, <laughs> so many people wanted Mephisto that I have a hard time understanding that. I don't know, again, I don't find him very compelling, so I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> Mephisto has one interesting moment in the entire MCU, to be honest with you. Yeah. And it was the aforementioned, I'm going to make Spider-Man happy. Because uh, <laughs> he's so petty. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, it's, it's the only, because it actually, because he does something that makes, that changes the reality of things. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's so stupid. You're right. Guess what, guys? Um, Mephisto is just another writer's plot device. Because yes. <laughs> when you have the literal devil, you can like change the plot points. And you're like, yeah, I don't like writing Spider-Man married anymore. Let's get rid of that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah and uh, that's such a weird thing of like it seemed like so some people didn't like it because they didn't get the 50s thing i liked it immediately because the first episode already had these little weird things of like wait why can't you remember so that was mm -hmm. like oh there's a mystery here plus i thought it was kind of cool to be the, the 50s. I, I was like in from day one well i think there's two ways to look at this and be happy with it yeah. so if you are a fan of the mcu you know it's different yeah. It looks different than any MCU movie you've seen. A lot of the criticisms of the MCU prior, and I think these are legitimate, is that every MCU movie looks exactly the same. No one could ever make that claim after watching this series. No. Yeah. This has got such vibrant colors and such different camera lenses and angles and mm -hmm. everything that they that they establish. It's just, just it's different than anything you've ever seen. Yeah. From that standpoint. And two, even if you didn't ever watch any MCU thing or care about it at all and don't mm -hmm. like superheroes. This was an absolute perfect homage mm -hmm. to the history of like comedic com comedy. Yeah. Right. And then you can get sucked along and okay, maybe you only watch five or six episodes of this if that's, if that, if that's who you are, but that would have been really like five or six really fun episodes of television. Yeah. If you're into sitcoms, I really started getting into it when I was, when I, at a certain point I started speculating like, oh, I wonder what the next, cause like you could, spoiler alert, you can start predicting the decades they're gonna hit. Yeah, because it's just math. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that became a lot of fun too. There was just a lot of fun to be had with uh, the whole ride. And I don't know, it's, what's interesting to me is this show that it's done was, was very, seemed polarizing. Some people loved it, but like, us we totally loved it the whole way through some people there are a few that were lukewarm like they they didn't like it at first they got into it with the marvel speculation and they're like oh i didn't quite get what i wanted at the end that one's a little weird to me yeah. and then there's people that was like some people didn't even want to turn tune in because they're like where, where are the explosions at like episode yeah. one this was a very yeah. different show from the rest of the mcu right there's one fight <laughs> yeah in the end in, the, in this episode who's the fight no not not in this episode oh like, oh, oh in the entire series. show yeah yeah right, right, yeah right yeah so like also like very different um again for the people that say like all the mcu is the same like well you know what not this one 
not this one. This one was like, say what you want about the whole series. Like it was very different. And I think from Marvel's point of view, probably risky. And I'm mm-hmm. glad that they were able to take the risk with their first uh, TV show. Yeah. And it's, so there's a couple things. One, this was a sort of the way it turned out to be a very, very risky first sort of foray into the sort of Disney plus yep. um, realm where you've got a show released every week for, for nine weeks. Um, it was, it was wildly successful. Mm-hmm. I think it even had more demand and more people watched it than the Mandalorian, which has been widely successful. Oh, wow. I did not know yeah. that. So I didn't, I, just because of the hate I saw online, I didn't yeah. realize it actually was more popular. Yeah, it had more demand than that is what I read. But uh, also, you know, because of the pandemic, um, the actual um, order of things mm-hmm. actually got shifted. So this was originally not supposed to be the first show. Yeah. So the first show was supposed to be the show that's coming out in a week or so, which is the the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Right. Which, that was supposed to be the, which is a very low risk show, right? If you that's look at the be, trailers, it's like, it's an action show. It's an action show. And I'm sure it'll be excellent and I'm sure right. it'll be ex- interesting and, Right, you know, there's going to be some good things about it, and there's probably going to be things that you're going to leave wanting. Is there any yeah. show that you're going to have? But this is like, this is changing the way that television made, yeah, kind of show. You don't you get know? that many opportunities to make a show like this that's going to go through decades of sitcoms and get to play yeah. with those tropes mm-hmm. and uh, screw with the audience and like, you know, week to week, you you have no idea what's going on, and that's fun. Like I, th- yeah. I thought that was just a lot of fun, and there's there's few experiences in television like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, the first couple of, so the first two episodes got released at the same time. Yeah. Right. So it was one and two. So it was only eight weeks of listening, but so the first two episodes, I think were about 22 minutes a piece. Yep. Um, and then the next three or four episodes, maybe five or six episodes are in the 20 to 27 minute range. Right. And then I think it's the last two are in the 45 plus range. Yeah. So um, if you think of this story as like an, as a re-origin story of the Wanda, mm-hmm. Wanda Maximoff and slight, not really vision, but he's like a side character. It really, when you think about the, the total time, it's really like a, a, an original movie and then maybe like a sequel or like half a sequel, depending on the time. Right. And as we talk about the whole series, you could, I almost wonder if it was just a movie in concept to begin with. And they, there's another character and the whole side thing that's in there that, that is pretty separate. Yeah. And I, I wonder if that was added in to like, oh, to pad it out to make a full series. Because that would have been a wild movie to watch <laughs> if it was just what I almost doesn't work as a movie. This works better as a, as a series because, again, of the episodic nature of yeah. Episode and also, like, when it. do you stop the story? Yeah, I'd, I'd have no idea. <laughs> yeah, and it and it works as a TV show because they wanted to do this episodic sort of homage to classic television, and it doesn't work if you cut it. Yeah, like you can't just you can't just flow through the the at least the first three episodes. I know they did the first two, but there's a clear, distinct break where you could. You know, it's they they run credits and everything like mm-hmm. that, and then you just watch the next episode. Yeah. But you can't really just it doesn't flow without the breaks and the yeah. cuts. Yeah, and the speculation. You need the audience rampant speculation in between. We episodes. spoke for like hours every week about it. Yeah. Like, you know, just you and I, and we were just doing it over text, but it was um, fun. Total yeah. fun. Yeah. And and I, I talked with it about, you know, with coworkers and yeah. And it was just, great. Yeah. So Anyhow, Did you get your wife to watch it yet? I have not. I'll, I'll have to work on that. that. That might happen. All right. So, so that's 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 the first episode. That's it. So that took us like an hour to, to talk <laughs> about 22 minutes of television. Yep. Uh, there was a lot of setup, though. There was a lot of setup, yeah. So um, we don't know how many episodes this is going to take. We're going to, I guess, work on the next episode for, for next week for you guys. Yep. Um, anyway, so yeah, so... Uh, if we do end up doing a uh, a dad bod, I don't know that we can do a dad bod for every week of this show. Yeah. But I'm going to go Fred Malamed. Okay. He plays uh, Mr. Hart. That's who I assumed because it's the only other <laughs> character it could be. Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, an older, bald, little frumpy. 
Yeah. Kind of looks, he definitely looks like somebody's dad. Could be Vision's boss. Yeah. All right. And he is Vision's boss, but he's, but he's, he could be a dad to somebody. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Shane. I had to look him up, Fred Melamed. <laughs> thank you, Michael. <laughs> Goodbye.